All right, man. Uh, so we'll, ki we'll kick it off, I guess. Um, so hello and welcome to the Pagey Train. Uh, today I have with me uh, Matthew C. Vella of uh, Matt, uh, uh, sorry, of Vella Matt Films. Uh, obviously, we're doing this uh, remotely because of the coronavirus. Uh, welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for having me back, Ross. It's a pleasure to be almost here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're kind it's a of pleasure to be. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be remotely here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's also um, a pleasure to be remotely uh, hosting. So, um, man, uh, obviously, uh, to kick it off, uh, we're in some strange times at the moment. Um, I think, um, uh, I, I don't know how to frame it, but the first, the first shift to sink was the entertainment industry, which is really sad. Um, and, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of our colleagues and a lot of our friends are, are really um, suffering, including including ourselves. Actually, like, um, did you have any film projects that were coming up? Um, not immediately. So I, I'm a little bit lucky. I'm kind of more in a development stage, mm -hmm. but I did have some plans to roll things out, which I think COVID it does it doesn't seem appropriate to do it around now. So. I've put them on the, I wouldn't say the back burner, but they're, they're waiting for things to calm down. Um, the Western Sydney filmmaker hangouts obviously had to go on a bit of a pause. Uh, also, um, I was scheduled to perform at uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival and uh, obviously that's not happening. So that's bummer. I was going to go to Melbourne, um, Sydney, uh, Melbourne Indie Film Festival as well. I had not one, but two shorts playing there. Couldn't go because of that. Um, the biggest way I've been affected has been film festivals. Uh, I have a new film called uh, Nobody Likes Camping, which I'm really excited to have to the film festival circuit. And I was meant to do big things this year. And now I'm kind of just waiting to see how that industry goes to figure out when it will do its big premiere. So okay. we'll happens. Uh, well, as far as it stands, um, like I brought this up on the um, uh, podcast that we shot this week um, that Maine the West is still running this year, as far as we know, unless they extend. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Uh, unless they extend the um, uh, the isolation period. So it's up until September. So obviously uh, Maine the West falls in uh, November, at the end of November. So there's a you know high likelihood that the festival will run this year. But even um, in a, um, even if we had to do it digitally, we've already sort of set up a plan if we had to do a digital festival just to show everyone's work. We have plenty of content to show. So it'd be, um, it'd be good to see your film, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I think absolutely we'll be playing at Man in the West this year. I'd, I'd be very surprised if uh, for some reason it wasn't there. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, I've always, I've always, it's always been the place I've premiered all my projects this might be the first one where it doesn't have premiere there, maybe. But if that's the case, it might be like the second or third. We'll, we'll see. It's definitely going to be there. Um, but, you know, who knows? With all this COVID stuff going on uh, at this point in time, I think I'll take what I can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to get it out there at this point. Um, I want to see it with an audience. Uh, comedy films need to be seen in the theater with an audience because mm. uh those laughters it's you can't get anything better than that um watching a comedy film by yourself it's fine but i think as a as someone who makes something like that you want to see it with an audience yeah totally so, yeah totally that's, that's why i love man in the west so much because you guys uh you work so hard to promote the you guys work so so hard to like promote it you guys work hard to um, just get butts into the seats. Um, the way that it's it's uh, usually just free for entry just means you get 
a good audience there. And it's really great as a filmmaker to, to have that. And I always tell everybody, Maine the West, like they give you the, the VIP treatment. They make you feel special as a filmmaker. Um, and that's, that's really important because a lot of festivals, they, they tend out to miss on that sometimes, especially with short films. Oh, look, I've said it a million times before. Um, we, make, we make the festival that we want to go to. Um, mm. And uh, that's, I think that's what we hold uh, close to our heart. But, you know, speaking of comedy, though, man, because uh, recently, um, you know, doing a bit of uh, face stalking, as I usually do, you are doing the <laughs> School of Hard Knocks. Um, yeah, which, uh, Hard and that, Knock Knocks. Hard Knock Knocks? Yeah, it's like, that's the joke. It's Hard Knocks. Knock, knock, oh, as in knock, knock. It's, oh, it's a bad pun, but I like it. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Oh, look, that's a pun that went yeah. over my head. I didn't even see that in there. Um, there <laughs> <go>. <laughs> oh, but man, that, that's um, that um, uh, uh, stand-up piece that you did that you put online, man. That was mint. Thanks, man. Uh, it was pretty. It's pretty awesome. So I've really been enjoying making comedy projects lately, and I want to flex those muscles more creatively. And I think just building myself as an artist not just a filmmaker but an artist i think especially down the track where you want to pitch for funding and stuff you've got to really build your skill set so um what a better way to work in comedy writing um than do a quick stand-up course and uh when i heard about this i was really excited because they film your set as well mm. um and i just i kind of knocked it out of the park had a great time with that since then i've been doing open mics and based off that video alone I uh, scored myself a gig in Melbourne at the comedy festival, which is a huge, huge moment for me. I thought that was amazing. Um, yeah, that is, so that, is wa- that is amazing, dude. That is so amazing. <laughs> I just, I just can't believe, um, you know, um, so many of us have been kicked in the balls over this goddamn coronavirus. Um, but I oh, um, oh, mean, look, tough, man. you know, the, the wheel will come around again, man. Like, you know, you're doing really good work. I'm sure that um, that opportunity will come up again. Um, oh yeah I'm, I'm not worried about that um yeah. but uh, it, it sucks but like there's so many people out there who have a lot worse than me um oh, uh, i'm one of the yeah, i'm one of the own. few people i'm one of the few people who is lucky enough i can still work from home i can still make um i can still make a bit of a living mm-hmm. um and many can't so uh my heart goes out to all of them i try and support people as much as i can in any shape way capacity um and it's it's heartbreaking to see so many of my friends just going through all that shit, you know. Yeah, um, I was just thinking my lucky stars that um, um, the amount of work I do is so complex that there are um, you know there's there's battles that we've lost, but I haven't lost the war yet. I'm still mm. working from home, um, and and even that's a challenge now because ne- like I'm spending in, in this very chair, like I'm spending sixteen hours a day in this chair, so I've had to actually force myself to break away and walk around the block. Um, cause I don't have my yeah. mute to work. Obviously can't go to the gym. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm, I, I think I was trying to tell myself that, you know, this will pass really quickly. Like it'll be gone in a couple of weeks. And then, you know, it's, it's been this week where the, the crushing reality has really um, come through. And I, I realized that this is, this is going to be like this for some time. So, um, may as well, um, get used to it. May as well get comfortable. Yeah. The scary part is, I think, is not knowing how long that time is. I feel like every day we hear something new um, or a new rumor or a new theory or, oh, no, I've got a friend from the government who says this. And it's like, mm. does your friend even exist? Sometimes it's like, 
Like, it's like back in school when your friend would be like, my dad works at Nintendo and he says you can, <laughs> you can do this Mario. It's like, no, your dad didn't work at Nintendo. Fuck you. I, um, I fell for so many of those rumors and lies as a kid. Um, but, yeah. Oh, no, uh, my, my dad's a really big cog down at the, at the biscuit factory, you know? <laughs> 100%, man. But, um, like, I think the main thing is, is, like, you just got to be logical. You got to be smart. And the, there's a difference between people who I think are smart and people who pretend they're smart. Yeah. Uh, there, there are people out there who they like to question everything. They're like, oh, the government you know, did this. And you could go on about, I don't know, maybe if you fake the moon landing or if the earth is flat. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's, if there's a disease or something going on, like you just got to take the advice of healthcare professionals and oh, yeah. just, just stay we- the fuck at home. We should always be taking the advice of professionals in whatever field of endeavor that is. Uh, that's yeah. why they're like, I can't, experts. Yeah. Right? I can't tell you how much it fucking pisses me off when I'm working with a client um, mm. who knows nothing about technology or film or media. And they try and be <laughs> like, no, it should be like this. I'm like, well, that doesn't work for several thousand reasons. And they're like, no, nah, but I think this would be better. And then you just got to grit your teeth and like, ah. Well, they're paying me, so I guess I guess so. But <laughs> well, that's the part. Yeah. That's the part I don't like, Matt. Like some, I've had you know, you and me both. We've had um, you know, so many different types of clients, like you know, videography clients, editing clients, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's hard to translate that jargon of what it is to be a filmmaker into their space. Um, mm. It's very difficult to translate that. They have, I think, sometimes these you know delusions of how far their money can go. And I think, yeah, yeah, they have a very high, because we're surrounded by so much media, they have a very high expectation. Uh, The thing that really grinds my gears about um, some of those clients, though, is um, uh, they they think they own you. Just because they're paying you, they think, I I, I, I own you right now. It's like, no, I work from these hours to these hours, (laughs) um, and uh, then I knock off. Uh, That's usually what anyone does. Uh, my biggest, even my biggest gripe would be revision. So when you do an edit for somebody, mm. I generally give them three revisions. And um, after that, I say, if you want to further revision this, it's going to be added to your invoice. And, um, and that's a really good piece of advice. It's, it's a lesson um, I'll do, but like, I wish I learned that a lot sooner, man. Mm. I really do. Um, and as a reason, I very rarely do freelance work nowadays. Um, I'm lucky that I'm, I'm in a niche now of educational media for my, for my nine to five where I particularly just work with educators. Mm -hmm. And so I know how to, I've learned to speak their language and I've developed a skill set of translating media, creative talk to academic talk. Oh man, (laughs) we're doing the same, very similar things at the moment, dude. Very similar things. Yeah. And, but like, that's a skill you've got to learn. Like, and when I started that, I did not think that'd be a fucking skill to learn. Um, but like, and like now that's got, that's given me value in my field and um, it's a good way to, I think, earn trust. But then like, if you're working, uh, I think to anyone who's starting out in videography and stuff, like you got to remember, like you're getting, you should be getting paid your worth. And there are different types of people, people, some people have egos straight out of film school. They think that Steven Spielberg and they want to charge a million dollars a minute. Um, but like what they don't understand, what you need to understand is your experience is what gets you that money. So I think, um, uh, if you're working with a client, maybe it's a fashion client and you don't know anything about fashion, 
uh, there's going to be some bumps in the road there for you because you may not know what is cool in the fashion world as opposed to what's cool in, I don't know, fucking woodworking world, you know? Um, And I think, and I think, I think what, what the clients look for is they see something cool on TV and they go, Oh, I want to be like that. So I think you as a filmmaker, a videographer or whatever, you have to learn how to emulate someone else's style to make the client happy, which is the worst fucking feeling as a creative because you're out here trying to create your own style and your own whatever. So um, I think there's like definitely two different like work for hire and work for creative spirit. They're two very different worlds and you got to learn that. Oh, totally. They are. One's a money maker. One's a money spender. And they're both very, <laughs> they're both very different. Um, but uh, I, I think you have so many good quotes for us. You have so <laughs> yeah. many good ones. Oh, well, I just, I think sure. I, I just like to frame it in a, in a sentence like that because it, you know, it makes it a picture and it makes it understandable. And then people go, Oh yeah, I get that. Um, you yeah. know, like, uh, um, I think advice I would offer to anyone that's um, doing videography outside of their field, outside of their interest is just do a little bit of research. If you haven't had anything to do with fashion, spend a couple of hours Googling what fashion's about, like actually find the definition of fashion and then go right through, um, you know, who are some key players that have been in that industry, you know, do get a, get a bit of a a sense of the lingo before you go and take Mm. on the job. That's what I'd recommend to people and definitely put in your contract when you are your verbal contract or your written contract or your quote, however you're going about your business um, and only put in three revisions. I will only do three revisions. Uh, oh man, I, I, I'm glad I didn't do a freelancing this day. So I'll be honest, I'm bad at it. I'm not, it's like, I'm really great with customer service side of things and I'm pretty good with the creative side of things. But when it comes to like putting your foot down, when it comes to like, I want to help my clients. I want to make them do, help them do the best thing possible. Um, even to the point where they're taking advantage of you, especially if you're working with like you know, indie startups or musicians or anyone who has mm. no fucking money especially mm-hmm. creatives. They, they're just like filmmakers. Like they're trying to make a yeah, little bit of money. The whole way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, exactly. So like um, it's either an investment you have within each other mm-hmm. or yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just so bad at that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, a, a bit of advice I'd give to when you're dealing with a difficult client or a client per se would be, um, you know, uh, talk softly, but carry a big stick. Um, and, and if you hold that presence, and um, then you can, uh, I think there's a bit of a difference between um, uh, demanding respect and commanding respect. Uh, I think if you um, uh, demand, uh, demand respect, you're not going to get it. Um, if you command it through your presence, through um, your work processes, um, you need to sell them the idea that you know what you're doing. Um, and even something, an old saying goes, fake it till you make it. But at some point, you're going to have to not fake it and you're going to have to be able yeah. to <laughs> At some point, that's going to have to come true. And anyone who's smart, like they can tell when you're bullshitting, like the worst thing I'll, I'll straight up tell you this now through running the Western Sydney filmmakers hangout. Uh, I meet a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. Um, my, I think some of the main ones meet are emerging filmmakers because they're the ones who need to network the most. Um, but you, you meet a variety of different characters and every now and then I'll meet someone who's like, they're acting like they're the, the top shit and they're like, oh, I'm so good. And like, oh, they'll start talking shit on, I don't mm. know, oh, and Marvel's so bad. Fuck, here I am with this right here. But yeah, Marvel's <laughs> bad or, or, or these, I'm, I'm a better director than Spielberg. Like they won't say that, but they've got that attitude. Yeah. And then whenever I have that, I'll go, okay, so what have you made? 
and then they'll be like, well, I'm going to make a film. I'm like, then motherfucker, if you haven't made shit that's better than the shit you're talking about, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's that age old one when you're in a pub. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but they'll talk the talk, but it's rarely sort of walk the walk. So I'll be like, okay, win some awards at some film festivals, maybe get some funding through a big funding body. Then you can talk some shit. Uh, at the end of the day, you shouldn't be talking shit at all. You should be uh, really trying to empower your fellow filmmakers, especially in the indie scene. Totally. Um, especially in, the, but, in this country, in this state, in this part of the world, we need each other. Like there's, yeah. no, there's no solo operator out there. It's it not- is amazing how many negative Nancys there are out there. And it is amazing um, the entitlements and egos sometimes people can have. Mm. And as someone who oh, I try to be as humble as I can, I'm not, I'm not 100% a humble person, but I try my best to be. Mm. And um, it's really infuriating when I see people who are just oblivious to that. Uh, because I think at the end of the day, like when you're asking stuff from people to make these small, cheap films too, you've got to be as approachable as possible. Oh, totally. And you've got to enroll them in the idea. You've got to be able to yeah. enroll people in your ideas. You can't, um, you can't just, bark, you know, the, the ones that bother me are the ones that bark at you, people that bark at you and they're, I need this, I need that, I need this, you need to be over there. Um, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, um, when I've um, uh, been on, um, yeah, when the money's ticking, sometimes I've used a sense of urgency mm. in my voice. Um, but essentially, yeah, yeah, you need to be able to um, show someone how to do something. Um, don't get someone to do something you wouldn't do yourself. Um, and, you know, um, yeah, I think you've very, very um, much uh, nailed it there. Be approachable. You have to have, no. you have to have an open dialect with people. Um, uh, cause you'll get them to do what you want once, but will you get them to come work on your next film and will they be workable again? Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, but, but back to, you know, um, some, uh, some people with ego that you run into that are a little bit full of shit. Um, yeah, you do <laughs> run into those sorts, but then you make, it makes you realize that you, they don't know who they're talking to sometimes. Cause you go, well, I know most filmmakers in Western Sydney, dude, and I've never heard of you. <laughs> like we meet yeah. like amongst between me and you we probably know I, I, i'd be rare to find a filmmaker we didn't know it'd be rare i think if you're an emerging filmmaker and you're starting to make a name for yourself between the two of us like one of us has probably got an idea from western sydney at least yeah but that's just because we coincidentally both seem to manage two of the, the touchstone points mm. of where you would go for stuff you know besides a place like ICE or a government body where one of the few independents, I'd say. Oh, dude, we're uh, way cooler than that, man. We're way cooler than any <laughs> government. I'll tell you that. Uh, we, we actually, we know how to chuck you a party. You said it, not, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> we, we, can drink, we can drink, we can drink. And we know how to communicate and we know how to get um, uh, people where they need to get going as well. And I think yeah. as well being a bit honest, like uh, you say, you're not going to be Spielberg out of the gate, mate. You're going to have to, you're going to have to do some jobs that you don't want to do. Um, sometimes you're yeah. going to do things you don't want to do to get to do what you want to do. And it's not going to, and you're not going to do it in a year. It's going to take you years to do it. I think the problem with the mindset of fake it till you make it for some people is, um, and it's a lesson I've learned along the way is, um, uh, it's okay to not be good sometimes. Mm. Like people will, people will be surprised. They'll be like, I mean, when are you making the feature film? Like maybe five years. They'll be like, but why you've won awards around the world. You've done this, you've, you run that. Why not? And I'll be like, Oh, maybe I'm not good enough yet. I'm not sure. 
I've made I've made three major shorts to my name. Mm. They 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 go for about ten minutes each. Does that mean I deserve millions and millions of dollars? I know I'm a good filmmaker. Hell, I'll see some feature film. I'll see some feature films, and they'll be like, "Well, it's easy, man. We shot it for like five grand." Mm. And then I I want to be like, I can I know I can tell because your standards are very low. Mm. And I, of course I won't say that because that's rude as fuck, but I don't know if you're shooting, if you're not shooting on cine lenses, then your film is not going to look cinematic. That's the starters. If your film doesn't have known actors in it, it's going to be very hard for it to market and for it to be a success. I know the word success is very subjective. Um, Yeah, but it'd have to be real dynamite. If you've got a whole bunch of unknowns and you've done a feature for five grand, um, it would have to be absolute dynamite to break through. I know. And, and that's the big problem I see is with a lot of uh, indie features. They, they're like, well, I made a feature. I see people who've never done a short and said, I'm making a feature. I'm like, good luck. Yeah, good man. Luck. I've interviewed really? guys like that, man. Uh, but some of them actually, uh, actually do pull it off. I know a couple of guys that, that have pulled it's it true. off. It's true. But I think the ones who do pull Very it true. off with success, that's probably because they've hired people around them who have that experience to make up for their lack of inexperience. Yeah, totally. That's they, my they're, guess. They're That's surrounded, my guess. They, yeah, you're right. They have surrounded themselves with people that um, uh, have depth of knowledge and depth of Like if, if you look at the way Hollywood works, right, every now and then you'll see a, a massive blockbuster film by a first-time director. Everyone will be like, why the fuck? It's a first-time director. And it's like, yeah, but look at his other credits on IMDb. He produced the last 20 X-Men films and 6,000 films starring Adam Sandler or some shit, right? He also was a first AD on 300,000 fucking, I don't know, Conjuring movies or something, you know? Like, this motherfucker's been around. He knows his shit, right? It might might be it's not a great movie. Who knows? But, like, they've got experience in other fields. And directing, honestly, let's be honest, like, anyone can direct. Um, But the way to become a good director is, you know, often good directors they come from something else first you know that's why i see writer director or oh this like especially nowadays at hollywood blockbusters all these big directors doing the cgi films um cgi films and stuff mm-hmm. they're people who come from special effects backgrounds and yeah. they're, they're often some of the best because they know how to compose a shot with i don't know a four-armed alien robot monster because they've done that for 10 years, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, and they know how to um, uh, be synchronous with other work groups that are um, pushing to that goal as well. Um, I think that's a big part of it. They understand the workflow because a lot of it, like, uh, I think that's when, you know, getting back to those people with ego, they want to get into film for a different reason. They want to be a star or they want to be a name. Um, but I think if you want to be a filmmaker, you got to be, first, you've got to be a storyteller. I think that's the first point. You, you're going to have to tell a story. Um, and, uh, I think, yeah, I think if you're getting into this and doing it, you've got to really choose the right reasons why to do it. And I think a big part of that is, well, you know, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? Am I doing this for me? Am yeah. I doing it for others? You know, and, and there's no right or wrong answer, but I think if you really get to the core of why you want to be a filmmaker, you'll actually get to the point of being one. Mm. Yeah. For me now, honestly, I'm just trying to have fun with it now. Like mm. I'm, uh, like I take it very seriously as a career, but um, I've spent too much, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be super stressful. Unless you've got a budget and a deadline, make sure you're going to enjoy your film. Make sure you're going to have fun making it. I'm trying to make the creation experience as fun as the viewing experience now for me. 
So that's why I've loved doing comedy because that way we, it's okay if you go off script because mm. you might become better every now and then, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's really would, good advice. That's yeah. really good advice, Matt. Like, uh, you got to have fun. Well, why, why do this? I think a big question for me is, like, why be a creative? Because I love doing it. I have fun. Mm. love being in yeah. love doing podcasts. I, like, I love making movies, man. I love doing yeah. promos. I love doing it. Um, it makes I, people happy, and I like making people happy, and it makes me happy as well doing it. I always tell myself if I wasn't making short films for fun, I know exactly what type of film I would make. It would be a, it would be a film where in the third act – it's like 10 minutes of crying and um, there's some big message in the end that ties to some social political agenda that I know would pre that already has a pre-installed base. Like you could make a mathematical equation on how to pull in someone's heartstrings to make them call it a good film. I could do that, but I, but me, my personality, like I don't want to change the world with my films. I just want to make people have a good time. So that wouldn't be true to myself. That wouldn't be who I am. That is who some people are and like more power to them. But like, that's not who I am. So I'm just trying to like, I remember even making bleeding backs, right. Um, uh, looking at that. And I remember being on set and like people doing like backflips and shit. I'm like, I'm there like almost with popcorn in my hand. Cause I'm so excited. It's like, I'm just like, I just keep going. Like, this is so cool. Like I'm on set directing people. And I'm saying to them, this is so cool. I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, and they'd be like, okay, cool. Direct me now. Like, <laughs> but like, that's the feeling I'm chasing. That's my, that's my high. That's um, some people do math for me. I, I, I'll go for that. Instead. Yeah. 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 You direct comedy and do stand up. That's, uh, yeah. that's your um, heroin meth ball. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to um, uh, go on a tangent, but I just realized the first time <laughs> seeing you since something's happened, um, Congratulations on getting married. Oh, dude. Oh, shucks. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't yeah. seen you in person since that, I think. So, oh, wow. Has it been that long since we've seen each other? Oh, gosh. I think uh, so. Oh, and oh, I, yeah. it, it occurred to me before when you mentioned um, Man the West possibly going online because I know Misty's got a lot of experience with festivals yeah. on that and, it's, and i've been it's been in my head this whole time like you know you're right seen ross since he got married like oh thanks congrats. thanks for that man shucks thank thank you yeah. very much um uh, but, uh, i missed i missed you at uh, the last uh, filmmakers hangout um because uh, i was triple booked um so yeah. i had to do a um uh we did a uh, band practice because that was the night before our show at frankie's so Which um you released an ep for recently right I did. We did the EP last year, but uh, we did Frankie's uh, this year as our opening gig. Man, it was right. a killer gig, dude. It was like one of the the best gigs I've ever done, and it was a Sunday. Okay. Um, yeah, Sunday I saw. I saw some photos. Horrible. Look cool. Yeah, Sunday gigs are always horrible, dude. Like you don't want to do Wednesdays <laughs> and Sundays. They're always terrible. But uh, yeah, no, we got treated like rock stars, man. They put on beer for us, put on pizza, and you know the back, you know, behind stage sort of treatment, man. It was, it was really, really cool. And uh, really, Frank really is a cool venue. Yeah, yeah. When people never, were into it, people were into it. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since uh, I've I've spent some time in a band, but uh, I've been to a few shows at Frankie's, and yeah, that place is pretty cool. Like when they put on a good gig, it's a good gig uh, for yeah. sure. Oh man, so, yeah, and the atmosphere, everything, every. I just I can't praise it enough. It was a really really cool experience. Uh, I can't wait to play there again. Um, can't wait to headline yeah. one day. So. Uh, but man, look, uh, because I'm on Zoom, uh, I'm really short on time. I can only do half hour stints until I start paying for Zoom. So uh, yeah, man, I'm going to have to wrap it up. So I'd like to thank you for being on the show, Maddie. Thank, thank you. you thank much. you for having me. Yeah. Uh, man, 
<laughs> uh, but before I take off, I'm just going to do my plugs for SSP. I know that we're in trying times at the moment, people. But if you are working in post-production, you need some help with Foley, contact me at stillsearchingproductions at gmail.com. Uh, and or if you need any promotions done for your films after the COVID-19 stuff has gone down, let me know. We can also do that. And also, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Pagey Train uh, and hit the little notifications down uh, about around about there. Uh, just hit the notifications. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, and uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, and Matt, you're about can, to I get a, can I get a quick plug in as well? Yeah, sure, sure. Quick plug. Um, you can check out my film projects, uh, Vela Matt Films, uh, Matt Vela, other way around Vela Matt on Facebook. Um, my podcast, Midnight Double Feature, find that wherever podcasts are. And uh, Western Sydney Filmmakers Hangout, um, networking group for Western Sydney Filmmakers. Find us on Facebook. And, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, totally, guys. Um, totally go check out Western uh, Sydney Film Hangouts. And, um, yeah, and also check out uh, Matt online doing some comedy, man. He's doing a really good job out there. So uh, just find, uh, just search Matt, um, uh, Matthew C. Bell and you'll find him. And, uh, yeah, once again, guys, thank you for watching and we'll see you next time. Laters. That was fun. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you so much for doing that, uh, Matt. I really appreciate it. <laughs>